QR codes have been around for decades, most people didn't know how to scan them. That is, until restaurants switched to QR codes for menus during the pandemic. Now, most readers know how to scan a QR code, which means you can use them to promote your book and grow your email list. But how? We'll find out in this episode of Novel Marketing, the longest running book marketing podcast in the world. I'm Thomas Umstead, Jr., CEO of Author Media, and this is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and make a living with writing worth talking about. Now, before I talk about how to use QR codes for marketing, I should probably explain what they are. They're a two-dimensional barcode. So a regular barcode is a series of lines that's read with a laser, and those lines are converted into numbers. Adding a second dimension where there's both lines and empty spaces, both sideways and up and down. So it looks like a bunch of little square black boxes (laughs) inside of a a bigger box allows for more information to be included. And I have in the show notes version of this episode a QR code that is the entire first paragraph of the Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. And it's not a link to a PDF of that paragraph, if you scan this QR code, it just brings up the text of the paragraph because you can put a whole paragraph worth of text into a QR code. I also have the QR code for just the phrase, it was the best of times. And if you compare those, you'll notice that the phrase, it was the best of times, has far fewer black dots. It's a much simpler code. Now you can put up to 4,296 alphanumeric characters into a QR code. So that's enough room for a paragraph or two, which is very interesting. There's some very interesting things you can do with that as an author, which we'll get to in just a second. But the most common use, and probably the main way you've used QR codes in the past, is not to hold a paragraph of text, but rather to hold a URL. So the advantage of a QR code is that you can scan it and it takes you to something like example.com forward slash menus forward slash fall forward slash breakfast specials dot PDF. <laughs> now you don't see that. You just see example.com. You tap it on your phone and it brings up the menu for that restaurant. And this is why restaurants like QR code so much is because it can send patrons straight to a specific URL. So instead of sending them on a scavenger hunt through the website, which is no one wants to do while they're at a restaurant. Instead, they go straight to the menu and they can update the menu without having to change the QR code. As long as the URL stays the same, the QR code will continue to work. So they can swamp out the old menu for the new inflation adjusted prices. <laughs> so the new higher prices can change without the QR code having to change. Now, if you've never scanned a QR code before, let me tell you, back when I was a kid, when you had to scan a QR code, you had to download a special QR code scanning app. You then had to run the app while walking uphill in the snow. And if you held your iPhone 4 incorrectly, the code wouldn't scan. (laughs) You kids these days have it so easy. Modern smartphones can scan QR codes on their own without needing a special app. In fact, it turns out that the steps are the same in both iPhone and Android. So here's how you do it. You open your phone's camera, you point the camera at the QR code, and you don't take a picture. This is the key step. So instead of taking a picture, just let the camera point at the QR code. The camera will focus on the and detect the QR code and then pop up a banner. And if it's and it will detect if it's a URL or some other kind of QR code. 
and it will show you the domain of the QR code. And you just tap the banner, and it will take you to that website. That's it. Now, there is a special QR code scanner on the iPhone. If you swipe down from the top right corner of your phone to pull up uh, Control Center, there's a little QR code icon. That icon's a little bit more powerful. It's what I personally use to scan QR codes, but you can do it either way. And I'll have an image with the steps in the blog post version to do that. So that's how to scan a QR code. How do you make a QR code? Well, first thing you need to realize is that the dots of the QR code will be the same regardless of where you make it. The, the dots are, are code, an algorithmically generated code. And so whether you use one tool or another, the dots will be in the same places. That said, you do have some control over the color of the dots, the background, and the shape of the dots to a certain degree, or little squares, I should say. Although you could make them dots, and that would still work. So I'll give you three different QR code generators and the pros and cons of each. Uh, The first is Dave Chesson's QR code generator over at kindlepreneur.com. So the pros of this tool is that it's free, no account required, and it's dead simple to use. It's, It's really a solid option. The cons are that you have little control over how the QR code looks. You can put your book cover inside of the code, but you can't change the color of the uh, QR code itself, which is a problem because it creates what I consider to be ugly gray codes rather than high contrast black and white codes. And I think that the low contrast gray makes the codes a little bit harder to scan or makes them take a split second longer to scan. So bottom line is if this supported black and white codes, I think it would be perfect. It's still probably the easiest and most friendly tool and I recommend it. The second tool is called iQR Codes, which is an app. It's Mac only. The pros are you have full control over the look and design of the QR code, perhaps more control than you want. It's very powerful. You have lots of options, and it's a one-time purchase. The cons are that it's a one-time purchase, so it costs $15 to buy. And another con is that it's very powerful, so perhaps more options than you want, and it's Mac only. So this is the app that I personally use. I think for most authors, though, they're better off with Dave Chesson's tool. And then finally, there's qrcodegenerator.com, but with hyphens in between the words. It's not a very podcast-friendly URL. It's a website run by Bitly, and it's a powerful QR code maker, and it most of the features are free, so that's one of the pros. It's also powerful. You have a lot of options over how the code looks, and it integrates with Bitly, which is nice. The cons are it will try to get you to sign up for an expensive monthly subscription that you don't need. It's unnecessary complicated in some places, and it's unclear which features you have to pay for and which features are free. And the design is designed to trick you into paying for it, which I don't care for. I I much prefer it up front. Hey, it's $15 and you keep it for life model, which is what you get with the app that I personally use. So bottom line, If you Google QR code generator, this is the app you'll likely end up using. And it's fine. It's a perfectly decent app, especially if you are savvy enough to get around all of the little tricks that they use to try to get you to sign up for something. All right, so now let's talk about how to make the QR code trackable. You've created the code, but how do you track if it's being scanned? The key to effective marketing is measurement. So can you track how many times a QR code has been scanned? Yes and no. So the QR code itself is just dots interpreted by a computer. Somebody doesn't need to be online to scan a code. They just have to have a phone that knows how to interpret the dots. But 
If the QR code is of a unique URL, you can track how many visitors went to that URL. If the only way to get to a certain website URL is through a QR code, then you can look and see how many people went to that URL and know that number of people scanned the code and tapped the banner. So just scanning the code, no information is transmitted. There's some fear-mongering about QR codes that somehow they're dangerous. They're no more or less dangerous than going to any other kind of website. You can type in a bad website. You can scan a QR code that's of a bad website, but you don't get sent there automatically. It pops up and it tells you what the website is. And if the website looks suspicious, don't go there. (laughs) If the QR code is of your landing page or of your homepage, how do you tell if somebody came to your website from the QR code or from some other way? The answer is you don't. (laughs) So don't send people to your landing page or homepage, at least not directly, not if you want to track scans. Instead, if you want to track scans, you need to use a unique forwarding address that redirects them to the landing page. And there's two popular ways to do this. The first method is with Bitly. If you create a free Bitly account, before you shorten your URL, Bitly will give you a dashboard that will track how many people visited that Bitly link. And Bitly links are short, which results in simpler QR codes. That's another advantage of a Bitly link. I don't love this method because it relies on a third party, bitly.com, to redirect users to your website. If Bitly were to go down or cancel you, all of your QR codes would break. I mean, the codes would still work, but they would bring up a Bitly URL that you don't control and may not point to your website anymore. I think Bitly is great for tweets and something ephemeral, but if you're going to put a QR code in a book, you want it to be something that can last for 50 years. Also, it's hard for people to know where Bitly link will take them. And so they might be hesitant to tap the banner if it just says bit.ly. If only there were a way for that banner to say yourauthorname.com instead. Oh, wait, there is. And that leads us to the second method of tracking QR code scans, which is to use the WordPress redirection plugin. I love the redirection plugin. There's a reason over 2 million websites use this free plugin. It's free plugins like this that are, is why so many people use WordPress more than its next competitor. Something like 65% of all websites run WordPress, and the next competitor is Wix at only 1% or 2% of websites. And it's plugins like this that really make the difference. So the redirection plugin allows you to create redirection URLs and it tracks how many times they have been accessed, among many other things. It's a very cool plugin. Uh, So this is the tool that we use to make our episode number URLs. So this is episode 345. And if you go to authormedia.com slash 345, it will redirect you to a longer keyword rich URL that's, you know, Google friendly and human readable friendly. And I could turn authormedia.com slash 345 into a QR code. In fact, I have. And I put it on the blog version of this page. So if you go to the blog version of this episode and you scan the code, it will take you to authormedia.com slash 345, which will then redirect you back to the blog page. Not a very useful scan, but it's a demonstration of how the technology works. And what I like about this method is that every step takes place on your website or with a technology that is cancel-proof. So this is the cancel-proof method of using QR codes. Even if you switched from the redirection plugin to one of its 
competitors like the Pretty Links plugin, the QR codes would still work. There used to be dozens of URL shortening services, and most of them went out of business when Twitter launched its own URL shortening service. And this caused many shortened URLs to break. And th- that it was no big loss because you know most of the shortened URLs were on tweets that nobody's looking at anymore. But it is a big loss if you put it on a QR code that's in a printed book that may last for 50 years. So I really encourage you to do the extra work because it is a little bit of extra work to put the redirection plugin on your website, especially if you're using qrcodegenerator.com. It's going to really push you to use that bit.ly link and have it connected with your account, and it's all done right there. But if, if you're willing to resist, <laughs> you'll have something that is more cancel-proof and also more uh, sustainable long-term. My wife got a trial membership for Ancestry.com. She's been looking up all of our ancestors, and it's been making me think about posterity and how you know your website is being saved to archive.org, which is a service that creates a historical archive of the internet. And it's possible that 50 years from now, 100 years from now, your descendants will be looking at your website. And so you want one, you want to make sure that your website's on archive.org, but you know, everything you do kind of do it with mind that, that posterity is watching. And the same is true with books. Archive.org is creating copies of books to try to save them as well. All right. So Enough about QR codes and how they work. Hopefully you have a good understanding of the technology or at least enough of an understanding of how to use it. Now let's talk about how to use QR codes to promote your book. And I've got a bunch of different ways for you to do this. The first is to promote your reader magnet offline. So as we've talked about many, many times on this show, reader magnets are a great way to grow your email list and connect with readers. And if your email list is small, it's probably because you don't have a good reader magnet. It really is like the thing that unlocks email list growth for most authors. But making the reader magnet is not enough. You have to let people know about it. And this is where your QR codes can really help. And when you're first getting started, especially if you're really getting started and you have no one on your email list, your most effective promotion will often come from in-person hustling, (laughs) actually talking to people in the real world, about your reader magnet. So you're talking to a friend about your writing and they seem interested and you tell them about your reader magnet and they seem interested. For them to actually get your reader magnet, they have to remember your website by the time they get home. That's way too much work. And it's making life really hard on you. And if marketing is exhausting you, it's probably because you're doing things the hard way. (laughs) There is an easier way. And QR codes is part of that easier way. So imagine instead you printed up some business cards. It's not expensive. You can go on vistaprint.com and get business cards for 20, 30 bucks. Get a whole stack of them. Maybe even cheaper if you get a, you know, a coupon. And on one side of the business card, you have a cool, beautiful cover book cover for your reader magnet on the back is a QR code they can scan to get it on their phone directly on the e-reader app on their phone or on their Kindle. People would love that and it would dramatically increase the number of your friends who get on your email list (laughs) and the number of your friends who read your reader magnet and start falling in love with your writing. Also, the more people on your list and the more people who fall in love with your writing, the more people there are to tell other people about your writing and the ripple grows and grows. (laughs) So this tool may not seem like a big deal, but it really is a big deal because it makes marketing less exhausting. So if you feel that marketing is exhausting, make life easier on yourself 
and on your readers with QR codes. So you can put QR codes on business cards. And if you've done this, if you have a QR code on your book-related business card, take a picture of it, not the mock-up. Send me a photo of the actual card on a table or holding it up. Email it to me, thomas at authormedia.com. And I may include it in the blog post version of this episode. So as examples come in, I'd love to feature examples of my listeners rather than examples of some strange authors. So if you have a business card, let me know. Also, another place where you can use QR codes is on bookmarks. Uh, Bookmarks are nice. One, because they're a little bit more book related. Some libraries and bookstores have a place for authors to leave a stack of free bookmarks. And you have a little bit more room to put both a book cover, uh, you know, a sentence or two about your book and the QR code for them to scan right there at the bottom. I really think there's no reason if you're making a bookmark in, you know, today's day and age not to include a QR code. You put the website as well for the handful of people who don't know how to scan a QR code. But the QR code really does make life so much easier and everyone can scan them now. The second way that you can use QR codes is to promote your website inside of your book. Just because someone has purchased and read your book, that doesn't mean they have ever been to your website, followed your podcast, or subscribed to your email list. You can make all of those things easier for paper book readers and ebook readers through the use of QR codes. So how do you work a QR code into your book. Well, there's a couple different ways you can do it. One is you can feature your reader magnet in the back matter. The back matter are the pages that come after the the end. So if your book is first in series, you want to promote the second book in the back matter if that book is available to purchase. But if the book is last in series, a standalone, or the next book is not yet out, you want to promote the reader magnet instead. Put the cover of the reader magnet, the QR code, And this works really well if it's related, right? They've just finished your book. They loved it. They want more. The next book's not out yet, but there's a QR code where they can get a free short story with the characters they love and the world that they love. Why wouldn't they want to scan that and get on your list? Another thing you could feature with QR code is a map. Do you have a map of a medieval village that your characters visit in chapter three that's full color, right? So you have the black and white version in your ebook and in your paper book, but you have a full color zoomable PDF version of the map and you can upload that to your WordPress website. You take the URL of that map and turn it into a QR code and put it in your book. And what's wonderful is that since the PDF lives on your website, the URL can continue to work decades from now, as long as you keep your website up and running. Now, let's say you write nonfiction, a map, probably not very helpful, but you could include a discussion guide. It's one thing to include a discussion guide in the book itself. It's something else entirely to include a QR code for a printable version of that same discussion guide. Why not both? Some people may be happy for the version inside the book. Other people may really like a printable version. Another thing that you can include a QR code for is a companion workbook. You know, do you have a printable workbook companion for your book? Some authors create that for people to journal along with the book. You could have a PDF of that material, put a QR code pointing at that PDF on your website. Or perhaps you have a quiz, right? Your nonfiction book has a quiz attached to it. You could put a QR code specifically for that quiz. And that way people don't have to navigate your website to find it. And this also gives you more flexibility as you write more books. Because one temptation is to be like, oh, go to authorname.com to find the workbook or something like that. 
and at first it's the brand new your new book and you've got the workbook or the quiz or the map featured right there on the homepage. But after a few years, interest in that book fades. You've written a new book. You want to talk about the new book on your homepage. And so you, you know, quietly take off that stuff and you bury it in the menu. And those resources become harder and harder to find, which is annoying for readers because a reader reading your first book doesn't want to feel like they're a second class citizen just because you've written a dozen books since then. So a QR code helps fix that. That reader can scan that QR code and go straight to the thing they're looking for on your website. And it's a real advantage of a QR code sending somebody to an internal page of your website rather than sending them to the homepage to hunt around. And I know authors who have locked themselves in to design features on their homepage that now they would love to get away from, but they promise to always have the golden treasure chest in the top left corner or whatever that they promised in the book would give people, you know, whatever they promised. The third method to use QR codes to grow your platform and make more money is to sell books offline. So QR codes can point to any URL on the internet without permission, right? You can turn any URL into a QR code. And so while in general, I recommend that you send readers to your website, you could also send them directly to Amazon. You could even turn an Amazon affiliate link into a QR code. Anyone who scans that code and then goes on to buy your book will earn you an extra 4% on top of what you would have made anyway. And this is especially helpful if you want to sell ebooks at your book tables. Let's say you've given a speech, you're signing books, you're selling books, but some people want to get your ebook. Well, you just have a giant QR code printed off on a piece of paper. Somebody can come up to your table, they chit chat with you, they scan that code, and they go on uh, to buy your book. And you're making more money them doing it that way than you would them doing it at home. And they can go through all the steps right there. There's no reason not to do this. <laughs> you're leaving money on the table. The same with the audiobook, right? You have a big QR code for the ebook, another big QR code for the audiobook. Somebody like me, if I heard you speak and I really enjoyed it, I'd want to come and talk to you at your table, but I wouldn't want to buy the paper book because I listen to audiobooks exclusively, but I would absolutely scan your QR code to get the audiobook. Now, the fourth method to use QR codes is to track the effectiveness of offline advertising. So I talk a lot about digital marketing on this podcast, but I also believe in offline marketing especially if you use QR codes to make that offline promotion more effective and more measurable. So while QR codes won't work on a highway billboard, which I don't recommend highway billboards for books, uh, generally speaking, they could work in magazine ads. So if you bought an ad promoting your book in a magazine, put a QR code and make sure that it goes to a trackable URL so you can see how effective that magazine ad was. It makes it easier for the reader to take action, and it makes the ad easier to measure. The old-fashioned way of doing this is each magazine ad has its own unique 1-800 number. In fact, the marketing firm I used to work for, we did this. We worked with one of our clients. They were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars every month on magazine ads, advertising in the top 12 magazines in their industry. We set up 12 different 1-800 numbers for them, and each magazine got its own 1-800 number. So it was the same ad. The only thing different was the 1-800 number. And what we found was that all of the sales that they were getting were coming from one magazine. So they were able to cut their advertising spending on the other 11 magazines, dramatically reducing their 
ad expenditures and without affecting sales whatsoever. <laughs> so uh, when I say measuring is really effective, this is what I'm talking about because there are things that you're doing that aren't working and you don't know what they are. This company had no idea that most of the money that they were spending on these other magazines was a waste of money. In fact, the calls they were getting to those other magazines were other additional magazines in their space wanting to sell them ads. <laughs> so it was really ineffective. But you can do the same thing with QR codes, right? You can see uh, who's scanning the QR codes while setting up a 1-800 number. There's a lot of cost there. There's no cost to setting up a QR code, even a trackable QR code. There's no cost. It's a very simple, very old technology. QR codes were invented in the 90s. This is not some like magical new thing. And it may seem magical because you may have only learned to scan them recently, but QR codes were helping Toyota factories run more efficiently back in 1994. <laughs> so they're not, there's nothing really special about a QR code. And the same is true for flyers and posters, really any kind of offline paper advertising that you're doing. Anytime you will put your website on a poster or a flyer, put the QR code as well. The fifth way you can use QR codes is to promote your podcast. Subscribing to a podcast can be a bit of a hassle. If only there were a code someone could scan that takes them to a page with subscription buttons. Actually, there's no reason that can't exist. <laughs> Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded is my brother's fiction podcast. It's the fiction version of his book, Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded. And I'll have a photo of his cards that he made up in the blog post version of this. He has the book cover on one side and the QR code on the back. If you scan that QR code, it takes you directly to the Buzzsprout page that has subscription buttons for Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all the rest. And so if you're on a phone, you scan that code, you scroll to whatever app that you like, right? Everyone's got the app that they really love. Interestingly, while Spotify is very popular in general, it is not popular with my listeners, according to my podcast stats. Uh, I have like very few Spotify listeners. It's very unique with my audience. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't really care how you listen to this podcast. My brother doesn't care how you listen to his podcast. He wants to make it easy for everyone, as do I. And the QR code does that. What you don't want to do is have the QR code take somebody straight to Apple Podcasts. So you're like, oh, Apple Podcasts is the most popular platform. So I'll just send people there. No, no, no. <laughs> One, not everyone on, on an iPhone uses Apple Podcasts. I don't. I use Overcast to listen to podcasts. And for most people listening, I recommend Pocket Casts as the best app. And remember, there's Android people. <laughs> they can't go to Apple Podcasts. So make sure you're linking to a page that gives the listener options with your QR code. And then the sixth and final way that you can use QR codes is to turn public speaking audiences into email subscribers. So a few episodes back, I talked with Jane Jenkins Herlong about public speaking and how she uses it to build her platform. And one of the things she talked about is how she has a giant QR code that's like half a slide that she puts up toward the end of her talk and people can scan it even from the back of the room. This is one of the cool things about QR codes. So normally you think of a QR code as like a small thing on a business card. There's no reason it can't be a big thing from the end of the room. In fact, in some ways it's easier for your phone to focus on a far away code than it is to focus on a nearby code. Just make it large enough for somebody in the back of the room to scan and you can you know, put your reader magnet on one side of the slide, put the code on the other, and you can start turning audiences into email subscribers without all of the old methods. So the old methods 
were all more hassle, right? So the way I used to do it is I'd have these little slips of paper. People would tear them off and put write their email address, and I'd do a drawing, and everyone would get some free thing. The drawing was great. It was good motivation, and you could still do a drawing with this new method. But the problem was me or somebody who worked for me had to then type in people's terrible handwriting, and it was never very accurate because it's hard to read people's handwriting, and you only have to get one character off for the email to break. Whereas if somebody's typing in their own email address on their phone, first off, their phone's probably going to suggest the email address because it knows what your email address is. But even if it doesn't, people can see that it's correct and it gets added correctly, and there's more proof that they chose to subscribe. It's just a better way to do it. The other way that people used to do it was they just put their website up on the screen and tell people to type in their website with their thumbs. That's too much work, and most readers wouldn't do that, especially if it involved a scavenger hunt. (laughs) So uh, the QR code method is much better for turning public speaking audiences into email subscribers. All right, so before we go, I want to share some QR code mistakes that I see people making. So the first mistake is putting a QR code on a web (laughs) page. So I haven't seen this much recently, but occasionally I'll see people put... QR codes on a website. And this doesn't work (laughs) because QR codes are a a thing of the physical world to take somebody into the digital world. Somebody's already in the digital world, just have a hyperlink that they can click on. The one exception to this that I thought about is if you have content for people on computers, but you want to have something easy for them to get onto their phone. So for instance, They're reading your blog on their computer, but they want to subscribe to your podcast on their phone. You could put a QR code in that case that they would hold their phone up to their computer to scan and then subscribe to the podcast, which I actually put in the blog post version of this episode. So realize I'm saying this is a mistake, but the one exception is actually something I should try. And we'll see if this is useful or not. The second mistake is making the QR code too small. If the QR code is too small, uh, phones won't be able to focus on the dots and it won't scan. Uh, So the closer the phone is to the code, the harder the code is to focus on. And you may have an expensive, you know, top of the line phone with macro zooming and you can scan a tiny code, but it doesn't mean everyone has an expensive phone. So make that code bigger. This is also why I like black dots on a white background because it's very high contrast which makes it a little bit easier for the phone to interpret it. Also, the more complex the code, the bigger it needs to be. So if you wanted to put a whole paragraph worth of text into a QR code, you'd need to make the code physically larger so that it's easier for the phone to interpret. Always test. (laughs) Always use your own phone to test every QR code to make sure that it works and make sure it goes where you want it to go. And if you're an editor editing a book, always test the QR codes that you see. This is part of your job as an editor is to make sure that the QR codes are are correct. It's not hard. You just pull out your phone, you scan the code. Another mistake is to have the QR code point to uncertainty. Paper can live forever. And if you have QR code in your book, it needs to point somewhere that you can control for the next 20 years. It needs to point to your website and it needs to put people at ease that they're going somewhere safe. Your readers will trust your website. So if if your name is John Smith and they scan the code and they see that it's going to take them to johnsmith.com, they're perfectly at ease going to johnsmith.com. The next mistake is pointing QR codes to your homepage. So one of the reasons why QR codes failed to catch on back in the 2000s 
was because they often pointed at home pages and they don't really do any value when they point to a home page. What caused QR codes to take off in the 2020s was because they were targeted at restaurant menu URLs. So if you want people to scan your QR code, you need to take them somewhere worth going, somewhere that it would be a hassle to get to otherwise. If I can just type in your website URL or Google you, and it's the very first result, a QR code to take me there is only a minor convenience. But if you're taking me directly to a landing page for me to get the cool thing that I want to get, now it's a major convenience, right? I don't want to hunt through your website to get the discussion guide. I just want to scan the code and it takes me straight to the discussion guide. So instead of dumping people on your homepage, send them directly to a landing page where they can get something for free. This really is the secret to making QR codes effective. And then the final mistake is no context. We live in a world full of QR codes. And for someone to scan yours, they need to know where it is going and why that is a place worth visiting. So you can't just put a QR code on a blank white back of the business card. You know, just because you have the cover on one side, you need to have a little bit of text on the back of the business card saying, hey, scan this code to get to download you know, this book or whatever. All right, so I want to give you some crazy QR code ideas, and I'd like to hear your crazy QR code ideas. We've talked a lot about QR codes for URLs, but you can have QR codes of text. So uh, you could hide the ending of a book inside of a QR code. And what's cool about this is that even if your website were to go down, the QR code would continue to work 100 years from now, you know, because the technology is a standard technology. You know, barcodes worked 50 years ago, barcodes still work today, and they'll still work 50 years from now. Even if we move to some new technology, the old technology will still work because it just gets simpler and simpler. In fact, you can scan barcodes with your phone as well. They're not very interesting to scan because it just gives you numbers. Although I do recommend always scanning the barcode on your book to make sure it pulls up your ISBN number correctly, which is, by the way, what a barcode on a book is. It's just the barcode version of the ISBN number. So you could hide the ending of your book. You could hide a spoiler. So something you don't want people glancing through the book, you put, put a little bit of friction. So if you want to see who done it, you've got to scan the code and it will tell you the name of the person who did it. Or you tell me, and I'm just brainstorming some ideas, but I think there's some fun things that you could do with QR codes as a way of hiding text inside of your book. Uh, you can also put like geographic locations into a QR code that you know, triggers a map, especially if you're using one of the more advanced QR code generators. You can put like you know, waypoints or map locations so you could send people on a scavenger hunt. Anyway, leave it in the comments uh, if you have any uh, cool QR code ideas of things that you can scan. And do email me how you're using your QR code. A good photo and I might include it in the blog post version of this episode. There's not a lot of blogs about authors using QR codes. I'm hoping this one will rank on Google, so you could actually get some good promotion long into the future. And who knows? Some some of the blog readers may scan your QR code to, to see what, what the landing page looks like or what have you. If you feel like book marketing is overwhelming you and you're feeling like you need help growing your platform or growing your email list, I'm here to help. I've spent the last two years developing a course to take you by the hand, step by step, from obscurity to notoriety. The name of the course is called Obscure No More, and it's been in beta for the last two years with a significant beta discount. 
and the course is about to come out of beta. Should have come out of beta already, uh, but my family has been sick. I'll tell you more about that in a second. So if you're you're running out of time to grab the course at the big beta discount, and one of the things that the course comes with is a monthly call with me where I answer your questions. So if you have a question, it's a live call. You, you come up on screen. It's at office hours where I answer student questions, and I help you with what you're working on right now. In fact, just recently, I was giving feedback on people's reader magnets and how they were presented on screens. People would share their reader magnet. I give them tips on how to make it better. And it was helpful both for the people who were getting feedback on their reader magnet, but also people whose reader magnets weren't ready yet. They're able to see the advice I was giving others and learn from the mistakes that others are making, which is by far the better way to learn. So this course, I'm still adding material to it, and it's going to be kind of my complete training on platform building. So it's not just on growing your email list and and building reader magnets. I was just recording those sessions this last month. It's also on podcasting and blogging and your website and branding and the strategy, how all the pieces fit together. It's all there. I've spent two years working on this course and I'm only put in about 30% of the material that I plan to put into the course. So it's a comprehensive help to really take the stress and the overwhelm out of marketing. And now is really the time to get it because it's going to go up in price (laughs) or rather it's going to no longer be a one-time purchase. So right now you purchase it for one time and you have it for life. It's going to turn into a subscription course. Since I'm doing the coaching every month and adding content every month, long-term, I'm going to need people paying a subscription fee (laughs) to keep it running. But right now, this is your chance to get it for a lifetime. So you can find out more about that at authormedia.com slash courses. Our featured patron today is Kamuela Kaneshiro author of Legends from the Pacific, book one. Have you ever been curious about Asian and Pacific folklore? Like what the Brothers Grimm did with Germanic folklore, Kamuela Kaneshiro has spent years collecting folk tales from all around the Pacific. You can join Hawaii's goddess of fire Pele in her search for sanctuary, confront the Philippines' shape-shifting vampire, and battle the dreaded Wendigo, and more. And let me say, if you write epic fantasy and you've been looking for some fresh folklore ideas to pull from. You're tired of the elves and dwarves of Norse folklore, and you're wanting some like time-tested folklore tropes to pull from. You really should check out Legends from the Pacific because there are more folklores out there to pull from than just Western European. In fact, Eastern European is also interesting. If somebody has a Legends of Eastern Europe, I'd love for you to become a patron too. And I should also add that Legends from the Pacific is also a really excellent podcast. And you can, and each legend is up, there's a podcast version. You can listen at legendsfromthepacific.com. And Kamwell, thank you for being a patron. Kamwell has been a patron for a really long time. And his book's finally out. The Kickstarter is completed. I know a lot of you know him from the authormedia.social community. He's a really helpful member there answering lots of questions and uh, his podcast is really high production it's almost too perfect in terms of production quality (laughs) so anyway a quick personal update my wife and kids have been sick for the last three weeks and in fact we, we believe we've had multiple sicknesses the baby got roseola with really terrible fever then they all got a cold and we think my wife got covid as well she had some faint positive test for COVID. So it has been a rough, rough three weeks. I also injured my foot during that time. So for the first week, I'm hobbling around on crutches. 
But anyway, so I'm rocking my two-year-old. He's got these terrible fever and chills. So I've got him all bundled up in a blanket and I'm rocking him and rocking him in the in that rocking chair. And then without warning, he throws up all over me. <laughs> so I'm completely soaked with vomit. And I'm like, this is the college experience I never had when I was in college. <laughs> it's like, this is not nearly as uh, glamorous as they make it look in the movies. Because like, I, I didn't really party in college. So anyway, it's the dad version of the college experience. <laughs> but it's all good. They're all doing better. My wife's still sick, but the kids are, are doing much better. And uh, yeah, you I'm really thankful. You you don't appreciate health until you have it. Uh, and you also don't appreciate little adult skills like knowing how to get to somewhere safe to throw up rather than just doing it wherever you are. <laughs> so anyway, that's a quick uh, update from the home front. The Novel Marketing Podcast is a production of Author Media. Our producer is Lori Christine. The audio engineering is by William Umstadt. And the blog post version is crafted by Shauna Lettler. And I will say that blog post version has a lot of examples of QR codes. So you should check it out and you can find it at authormedia.com slash three, four, five. I'm Thomas Umstead Jr. saying thank you for listening and live long and prosper.